Hello and a welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Chijie. Coming up in this edition, the Chinese president is on his first visit to Vietnam in six years. The Israeli defense minister says Israel has no intention of staying permanently in Gaza, and some participants at COP28 are unhappy about a draft on some of the agreements at the UN climate conference that excludes the phasing out of fossil fuels. We start with the Chinese president's state visit to Vietnam. President Xi Jinping arrived in Hanoi on Tuesday for his first visit to the country in six years. In a written speech upon arrival, President Xi, also the General Secretary of the Communist Party of China Central Committee, said he hopes the visit will help bring the bilateral relationship to a new stage. He later held talks with the General Secretary of the Communist Party of Vietnam Central Committee, Nguyen Phu Chong. During his two-day stay in Vietnam, Xi Jinping will also meet other Vietnamese leaders to discuss such topics as politics, security, bilateral cooperation, and maritime issues. The two countries are marking 15 years of their comprehensive strategic cooperative partnership this year. Chinese ambassador to Vietnam, Xiong Bo, says President Xi's visit will open a new chapter in China-Vietnam relations. In an interview with reporter Dong Xue, the ambassador also shared his insights on current bilateral ties and how China and Vietnam are working together to safeguard regional stability. Mr. Ambassador, I want to start with your expectations of Chinese President Xi Jinping's upcoming visit to Vietnam. The visit is indeed very important, and we are looking forward to it. This year marks the 15th year. Of the China-Vietnam Comprehensive Strategic Cooperative Partnership, after 15 years of profound accumulation, conditions are now fully equipped for further upgrades. We believe that under the guidance of the top leaders of the two countries and the top leaders of the two parties, this visit will set a new orientation for China-Vietnam relations in the new era and define the new direction for the development of China-Vietnam relations. How would you evaluate the current states of China-Vietnam relationship? I must emphasize the unique nature of China-Vietnam relations. China and Vietnam are both socialist countries led by the Communist Party, and friendly neighbors connected by mountains and rivers. Bilateral relations combining these elements are rare in the world, linked by mountains and rivers. Closely connected by lips and teeth, like-minded and sharing a common destiny, these 16 words should be the most distinctive feature of China-Vietnam relations. President Ho Chi Minh once described the deep friendship between China and Vietnam as that of comrades and brothers. This vividly portrays China-Vietnam relations. We aim to further develop China-Vietnam relations. Intending to issue a high-quality political document and reach dozens of cooperation agreements, covering political, economic, local, and financial fields, during President Xi's visit. The South China Sea remains a long-standing flashpoint in the region. How do you think China and Vietnam can cooperate together to uphold the peace and stability in the South China Sea? The problem. The 
maritime issues are partial concerns within the broader context of China-Vietnam relations. The key lies in properly managing differences and resolutely avoiding any impact on the overall development of bilateral relations. China and Vietnam have established multi-level dialogue and communication mechanisms on maritime issues. The channels of communication are open, and the two sides have actively promoted maritime cooperation, including joint patrols, managing pollution discharge in the sea, and cooperating through fishery agreements. It is hoped that these cooperative efforts will eventually build mutual trust and create conditions for the thorough settlement of maritime differences in the future. That was China's ambassador to Vietnam on efforts to promote relations between the two countries. Now to the latest developments of the Palestine-Israel conflict. The Israeli defense minister says Israel has no intention of staying permanently in Gaza and is open to discussing alternatives about who would control the territory. Israeli and Hamas forces continue to fight across the enclave. Much of Gaza's population is suffering cold and hunger amid worsening humanitarian conditions. Philip Crowther with the Associated Press has more. Israeli soldiers are on the ground in the Gaza Strip's two largest cities. That includes Khan Yunis uh, in the south, where the Israeli military opened a new line of attack with ground troops at the beginning of this month. Uh, They are also on the ground in Gaza City and in the Jabalia refugee camp in the north. There are thousands of Palestinians who are still there despite evacuation orders. 85% of the local population have fled their homes. That's 85% of a total population of 2.3 million. Where do they go? Well, essentially from the north and from central Gaza toward the south, toward areas that were supposed to be safe havens but are clearly not uh, because they are also being hit by Israeli airstrikes. Uh, uh, That is uh, what is uh, making for a very dire humanitarian situation on the ground. Food uh, is hard to find and the food that is available, well the prices are going up, water and other basic goods also in very short supply. That was Associated Press correspondent Philip Crowther. China's ambassador to the United Nations is among a group of Security Council envoys who visited the Egyptian side of the Rafah border crossing. Permanent Representative Zhang Jing says the Security Council needs to step up efforts to restore peace in Gaza. This is uh, really uh, uh, a tragedy and uh, it has been too long. We have uh, suffered too much. So for the Security Council, definitely uh, to maintain peace and security is our primary responsibility. And uh, we have tried very hard. And of course, we, we need to do more. China has been advocating peace and the two-state solution for the Palestinian question. It made the situation in Palestine and Israel a focus of its presidency at the UN Security Council last month. In Africa, an Eastern African regional body says it has secured a commitment from the warring parties in Sudan to implement a ceasefire and hold face-to-face talks. Officials from the Intergovernmental Authority on Development says it could take place within 15 days. But both the Sudanese army and the rival RSF have not confirmed such commitment to talks. Thousands of people have been killed in the conflict between the two sides, which began in April, and millions of others have been displaced. 
Naba Muhuddin, his more. The Sudanese Minister of Foreign Affairs had commented and had reservations on the uh, statement released by the IGAD saying that General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan have not met with the rebels leader and uh, have not engaged in any negotiations with the rebels leader and uh, they suggested to the IGAD to delete this term and paragraph from the statement. Uh, another thing is the uh, foreign minister said uh, General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan conditioned a permanent and an immediate ceasefire and withdrawing from the capital by the RSF so they can meet face to face in the uh, coming meeting. From other, another hand, RSF said uh, in order to meet the military leader, General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan, they would meet him in the coming meeting that uh, is expected to take place within two weeks. If he came as the uh, leader of the Sudanese army, but not the leader or, sh or chief of the sovereign council, saying that this political uh, position is not accepted as the two warring factions are right now are battling for the power. So it's not accepted to deal with General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan as the head of the sovereign council, but the head of the army leader, because now it's a military battling, not a political battling. The situation in Khartoum is still devastating uh, after the very sad accident uh, where uh, the convoy was targeted and uh, staff were uh, killed. So uh, battles are still going on and raging in different regions inside Khartoum and in different places, including eastern Khartoum, Umdurman, southern Khartoum and central Khartoum. So fighting is still going on while there is a lot of efforts, diplomatic efforts to contain this war and to to accelerate any step towards uh, peaceful resolutions. And with the last accident of uh, targeting the convoy, uh, we are expecting an even worse uh, situation because the two factions just agreed on opening humanitarian corridors and allowing the aid delivery. But after the last accident, we are expecting less convoys will be sent, less humanitarian aid, so people will suffer more. That was Naba Muhyiddin on the conflict in Sudan. Turning to North America, the U.S. Supreme Court has been urged to launch a fast-track review of former President Donald Trump's claim that he cannot be tried on federal charges of trying to overturn his 2020 presidential election defeat. The request was launched by a special counsel prosecuting the former president. The Supreme Court has ordered Trump's lawyers to respond to the request by next Wednesday. Trump contends that this case and three other criminal prosecutions he faces are politically motivated. Sean Caleb says more. It all comes really down to one key issue. Does Donald Trump have immunity from prosecution for alleged crimes committed while he was the U.S. president? Special counsel Jack Smith is looking to resolve two important issues before the case is heard in appeals in federal court. Now, he wants to try Trump and wants the high court to make a decision quickly so Trump can go on trial in Washington, D.C. on March 4th. The Supreme Court must decide if it will even hear the case. The justices could decide the case must be heard in federal court firstly. It is highly unusual to skip the federal appeals court asking the Supreme Court to decide an important matter that is fundamental to the prosecution of the case. For his part, Donald Trump is claiming his actions after the results of the 2020 election were part of his official duty as president, and therefore he should be granted immunity. 
Trump's legal team also alleges that the former president should not be tried because he was already acquitted by the U.S. Senate during his impeachment trial and taking him to court again would be double jeopardy. Smith wants a ruling by December 18th to keep his appeals trial on track to begin March 4th. That was Sean Caleb's reporting. Finally, at the COP28 climate conference in Dubai, some participants at COP28 are unhappy about a draft on some of the agreements at the climate talks because it doesn't include the phasing out of fossil fuels. The text calls for countries to reduce consumption and production of fossil fuels in a just, orderly, and equitable manner. The 21-page document did not mention oil or natural gas, and the word coal appeared twice. Yasser Hakim reports from the summit in Dubai. The draft text did not go well with many countries, especially in regards to the controversial issue of the fossil fuel phase-out. The draft text didn't mention the term fossil fuel phase-out. Instead, it emphasized the need to rely on science to limit average global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius, a threshold many believe will unleash severe climate change. Most developed nations pushing for a phase-out were not happy with the watered-down final deal. Following the release of the draft, Germany expressed its disappointment and said it does not accept this text. Oil-producing countries, including host nation the United Arab Emirates, have been trying to avoid using fossil fuel phase-out in any official declaration. COP President Sultan al-Jabir, who is trying to find consensus, says this is just a draft that's expected to be revised by delegations. He has called for cooperation and compromise from negotiators. He warned that failure is not an option. That was Yasser Hakim on the UN Climate Conference. Recapping today's headlines, the Chinese president has begun his state visit to Vietnam and expressed a hope to bring the bilateral relationship to a new stage through the visit. The Israeli defense minister has made it clear that Israel has no intention of staying permanently in Gaza. And some participants at COP28 are unhappy about a draft on some of the agreements at the UN climate conference that does not include the phasing out of fossil fuels. And that's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, our one-hour podcast news magazine program. Welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Qi Zhi. Thanks for listening.